get here? Where did it come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. I think we are ready to go. Ready to rock? Ready to rock and roll. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Moon rocks. Is that a uh, speck on your telescope? Or is there a man on the moon? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> What's up, guys? It's the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got the lovely Teabag, a.k.a. Adam, in the house tonight. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And as always, it's the effervescent Ryan Scott. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. Now, before we get into uh, what we're about to talk about tonight, let me hit you boys with a little riddle. Always old, sometimes new. Never sad, sometimes blue. Never empty, sometimes full. What does that make you guys think of? And don't say your dick. Now, that makes me think of what the government wants us to think about the moon. (laughs) What the government wants you to think? Yeah, That's my line. Finally, to episode 65, and we're talking about the moon landing and possible moon theories. Am I right, boys? Yes. Now, how, how are we doing? Holidays good? Everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. What's wrong, teabag? No, I heard. I didn't know what to say to that. You don't know if you had a good holiday? <laughs> Is everything okay? No, holidays suck. No. Why? It's that time of year. And you're lonely. My my fantasy team shit the bed. Cuffing season. That's what they want you to think. And you're so still you spend single. more money on Christmas presents. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. So we got to get into this one, guys. We are on to our listener-requested series on none other than the moon. Also, shout-out to uh, Vanessa3313 for specifically requesting some moon theories uh, because we've kind of been, you know, discussing the idea of a moon episode for some time, and Vanessa was specifically asking about hollow moon, moon base, that type of shit. Uh, But I got to tell you, There's a lot going on with the moon, so I'm thinking, why not split this into two episodes? Um, You know, in part one, this episode, we are going to take a look at the Apollo 11 moon landings and some of the theories with that, followed by part two with Hollow Moon and many, many, many other theories on just what the hell is going on with the moon. Now, what specifically do you guys got on Apollo 11? Uh, like moon landing conspiracies? Uh, like what comes to mind when you think about the topic? Um, what do you guys know? A couple of guys went up in a spaceship, landed on the moon, apparently. That's what we are told to believe. Mm, I honestly don't remember when I first heard about it. But I do remember going to the Space Center that one time in Florida with you guys. That was pretty cool. Oh, that was very cool. Okay. Nice. What do we got? My first uh, space exploration memory that I have. Of you exploring space? 
not me personally, but just <laughs> some guys, you know, getting getting some knowledge on the subject. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, fair enough. Tea bag. What do we got? What do we, what are they teaching the kids in school? Let's get the uh, teacher side of things. What is the system I teaching could, us? I don't teach science, man. But what do I know about the moon? Is that what you're asking? I mean, just like Apollo Eleven and moon landing conspiracies, um, if anything at all, you got on the topic. All I know is that the moon is made of cheese, and Kid Cudi is the man on the moon. That's all I got. All right, now, now this, um, so moon landings, like this is like what we talked about with like Illuminati, Roswell. This is like one of the top theories Landings? out there. How yeah. many were there? Multiple, as we'll find out if you let me finish. Now, <laughs> um, I'm going to say, as I did with Roswell, this one, overrated. And I'm going to say the landing mm. theory specifically more overrated than Roswell. Uh, and <sighs> for me, anyways, and let me know how you guys feel about this. I'm thinking the moon landings, this one's kind of like uh, Fisher Price, my first conspiracy theory, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember hearing about this one when I was, like, a, a wee little lad. Um, this is probably, like, you know, this is, like, intro stuff. This is, like, Conspiracy Theory 101, right? Red Asphalt Days, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. High school. High school? Yep. Would you guys agree or no? Yeah, probably. I'll give you that one. I like the Fisher Price thing. That was good. Okay. Now, also, um, right fucking now, gun to your head. Teabag, yes or no? Yes or no what? Yes or no. Moon landing. Is the moon real? Is that what you're asking me? Yes or no. Did we land on the Did moon? Did we land on the moon in yes 1969? Or no. Yes. I'm sticking with teabag, as surprising as that may seem. Okay. That is a rarity. Now, this might be one where we're all in agreement. Oh, you agree too? Yes. Now, uh, let's start... Let's start with the seeds of the space race, you know, the origins like, uh, so, you know, we had our little lead in episode operation paperclip. Um, now the seeds, the origins, if you will, of the space race can be traced to Germany, obviously beginning as early as the 1930s and continuing throughout the war when Nazi Germany researched and built ballistic missiles capable of suborbital space flight. Now, that's like, uh, I mean, you guys know suborbital, right? It's like barely getting into orbit, tracking. We're tracking. Now, uh, during World War II, General Dornberger was the head of the German Army's rocket program. Uh, as discussed in our last episode, Penemund was the Nazi's rocket center, and von Braun was the technical director of the aforementioned ballistic missile program. <laughs> Now, these Nazis led the team that built the Aggregate 4, or the A-4 rocket. Uh, this became the first vehicle to reach outer space during its test flight program. Uh, this was around, like, 1942 to 1943. By 1943, Germany began mass-producing the A-4 as the Verglatungswaffe. Verglatungswaffe 2. Uh, Is this, that uh, some special Nazi word? Yeah, this translated to vengeance weapon <laughs> two. <laughs> so, uh, what does is, the other one mean? Uh, what do you mean? The A4. Oh, aggregate? I don't know. What's aggregate? The aggregate of our joy and suffering. Isn't that what... Uh, 
Again, um, you're the English major here. Isn't that what Carl thing? Sagan said? What now? Isn't that a soccer thing? Aggregate? Yeah, probably. Yeah, they probably named the A4 after a <laughs> soccer team. So uh, the so the V2, this is the vengeance weapon to, uh, you know, we discussed last week the V2. This was the ballistic missile with a 200-mile range capable of carrying 2,490-pound warheads and reaching speeds of 2,500 miles per hour. Jesus. Um, so this fucker is reaching super spon- supersonic speed. Now... Now, let me ask you guys, what is the problem with the Allies' defense on such a weapon? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, the problem is there is absolutely no defense. Uh, Now, even radar radar detection provided little to no warning over here. Um, So, you know, that's kind of the seeds of the space race. The Germans are fucking light years ahead, as we talked about. Now, in our last episode, um, what did we discuss? T-Bag, you want to give a little TLDL, a little summary? Yeah, TLDL. Uh, there were some good Nazis, as defined by our government, <laughs> that were trying to reach outer space. And because they were trying to go where no man went before, that made them okay. Basically... Good enough to uh, come over to the United States, <clears throat> yeah, make basically, a fair wage... Make rockets for us. <laughs> Make a fair wage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, end of World War II, American, British, and Soviet intelligence. Uh, they competed to capture Germany's top rocket engineers. Uh, really, anybody they could get their hands on. Um, they even captured many of the German rockets themselves, along with the designs on which they were based. Now, the USA acquired a large number of complete V two rockets, and thus it was the good old U.S. of A that benefited the most with. Operation Paperclip. Now, they recruited Von Braun, as we discussed, uh, and a good deal of his engineering team. They, in turn, develop the American missile and space exploration programs. Uh, now, the, the beginnings of the space program. So, Von Braun and his team, they're sent to the U.S. Army's White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico in 1945. And it was here they set about assembling the captured V-2s and began a program of launching them and working with the American engineers. Mm. Now, these tests would lead to the first rocket to take photos from outer space and the first two-stage rocket, which was the WAC Corporal and V-2 combination. So a little collab, you know, and this was in 1949. Now, the German rocket team, or as we'll call them the Nazi rocket team, Uh, They were moved from Fort Bliss to the Army's new Redstone Arsenal located in Huntsville, Alabama in 1950. Because as we said, it's easy to hide Nazis in Alabama during this time period. Still is. Yes. Now, now come on. Uh, We don't want to upset any of our Alabama listeners out there. It's a beautiful state. It's a wonderful state. Uh, Sweet home. War Eagle, baby. Birthplace of space flight, baby. Now, from here... Uh, Von Braun and his team developed the Army's first operational medium-range ballistic missile known as the Redstone Rocket. Red Rocket for short. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, variations of this rocket uh, launched uh, both America's first satellite and they became the basis for both the Jupiter and Saturn <laughs> family of rockets. Now... 
at this point, the space race is in full bloom from these seeds that we just discussed. All so, the way from a seed to a red rocket in no time at all. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so the space race is, this is like basically a little contest between Cold War rivals, the Soviet Union, and the United States of America. And basically they were... <laughs> And how basically they were dick measuring each other in space flight capability. This was the biggest dick measuring contest to date. But basically it's just a contest between a bunch of Nazis. I, arguably, that's that's debatable. Um, Now, (laughs) the technological advantage needed to achieve all of these space flight milestones was seen as absolutely paramount for national security. Because as and also, you know, furthermore, as discussed in our last episode, it became a clash of ideologies at the time. You know, you had communism versus capitalism. Um, now, in terms of this competition, uh, the dick measuring that went on, this can be <laughs> this can be seen as beginning on August second, nineteen fifty five, when the Soviet Union responded to the U.S. announcement four days earlier of our intent to launch artificial satellites for the international geophysical year. Uh, This was basically like a big science fair project with 67 different countries working on like scientific advancement. So U.S. comes out and we're like, hey, we're so good at working with Nazis making rockets, we're going to launch some (laughs) artificial satellites. Uh, Now the Soviets respond to that And they also declared they would launch a satellite in the near future. And they did just that. On October 4th, 1957, the Soviet Union achieved the first successful launch of the orbiting Sputnik 1 and sent the first human to space with the orbital flight of Yuri Gagarin on April 12th, 1961. Now also... Got a little correction from our last episode, and I guess also a correction from uh, President Trump. Yeah, in today's day and age, it's hard to get away with saying stuff that's wrong. So I'd like to formally (laughs) apologize to all the women listeners out there and just let you guys in on a little tidbit that the USSR was actually the first country to put a woman into space in June of 1963 with a one- Valentina Tereshkova. Yes, so actually... So shout out to Valentina, or RIP, I don't know, I don't really know the the facts of that one either, so I'll probably end up doing another apology next week. Now, um, <laughs> May 5th, 1961, Alan Shepard became the first American in space, launching in a ballistic trajectory on the Mercury Redstone 3 in a spacecraft he named... Freedom Seven. <laughs> now, he personally fast- named it that. <laughs> yeah, I guess he personally named the craft that. Like a guy names his uh, car, boat, or bike, or something. You now, know? did that fly out of uh, Texas or Florida? Um, now, I believe it would have been Florida. Um, but would you like me to double check that? No, it's fine. I was just wondering. If you okay. Know. What happened to the other six? What happened to Alabama? Well, who knows? Maybe seven was his lucky number. Fast forward a few weeks, and on May 25th, 1961, speaking to Congress and the nation as a whole, President Kennedy 
said the following. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. So, you know, he's basically making a commitment right there on the spot that we're doing this fucking thing. Hmm. You know what's amazing to me? What's that? You know, I mean, I, I was impressed that these Nazis are looking at the moon in 1940. But here comes old JFK. Boom. Says he's going to do this thing, go to the moon. And he's born in Maryland at the same time. That's impressive. I cannot multitask like that. Well, he was banging a lot of women at the same time. You know, when I said that, better. when I said that quote about him, like uh, jerking off in the pool, that's a real quote. His secretary like wrote a book, <laughs> and this guy was a real perv. He used to like, uh, he used to sit around and like watch his secretary make out with other chicks in the pool while he would just beat off in the corner. Hey, some people just want to watch. Is that a crime? Hey, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, teach their own. Uh, you know, uh, Kennedy, hell of a guy, you know, he, he's making this commitment to the nation. Now we press for, fast forward again, this time about six years. And in 1967, Apollo one geared up to take off. Uh, now NASA encountered a major setback when during a pre-launch test, a cabin fire killed the entire crew consisting of Gus Grissom, Ed White and Roger Chaffee. No, I heard they were trying to make homemade uh, Frosties. <laughs> what? What is that? It just isn't the same. <laughs> no, wait, I don't understand the, the <laughs> reference from Mr. Deeds to the namesake of these heroes, these American heroes that died for your freedom, teabag? <laughs> they didn't die for my freedom. <laughs> yeah, they're not fucking war heroes. They were trying to sing a little Bowie. Now, here we go. Now, now, um, okay. Wrong place at the wrong time kind of thing. Little disclaimer, guys. This one is actually going to get extremely graphic because I found some audio. Now, this is, no kidding, this is real audio from that test cabin fire that killed the entire crew. So if you don't want to hear people being burned alive, then maybe fast forward about uh, 15 seconds. Um, but we are going to play that for you now. Now is now listen to what Gus has to say here just before the fire breaks out, because this will play into some of our theories later. Hey, how are you going to get the moon? We can't talk between three buildings. I can't hear a thing you're saying. Jesus Christ. Hey, Gus. How are you going to get the moon? We can't talk between two or three buildings. Hey! Jesus. So pour one out for those guys. Now, Gus himself, he says, this was his last words. He says, how are we going to get to the moon if we can't even talk between three buildings? So he was a... Mm -hmm. 
Now, he was actually very critical of the Apollo program. Like, he thought they caught corners. He thought the Apollo rocket design and ship itself was like a piece of junk. He even, during a press conference, hung a lemon on it to just show how big of a piece of shit it was. Um, Now, fitting that he would actually go on to die in a fire because I guess it was like one spark went off and it was like pure oxygen in the chamber and it's just like went up very quickly and the cabin pressure jammed the door shut. So they all, all of them couldn't get out and were burned alive. A horrific accident. Now Jeez. also by this time, uh, the U S is well into the Vietnam war. That's another thing to keep in mind. Um, so, you know, another battle against the commies and this one was not like, uh, what, what am I looking for here? Like the public wasn't behind this one. You know, um, so the space race really becomes something that, you know, the nation needs, you know, because we're all rallying behind this shit. We're watching Von Brown on TV, on Disney. We're saying space is great. We got to get to the moon. This was something that was cool. Vietnam War, not so much. So it's like, you know, you had these two battles going on, if you will, um, against the Reds, we'll call them. And, um, you know, battle of the red rockets. (laughs) So just keep that in mind. (laughs) Now, one year later, uh, December 22nd, 1968, Frank Borman, James Lovell and William Anders became the first humans to ride the Saturn V rocket into space on Apollo 8. They also became the first to leave low Earth orbit and go to another celestial body entering lunar orbit on December 24th. Uh, They made 10 orbits in 20 hours and transmitted one of the most watched TV broadcasts in history with their Christmas Eve program from Lunar Orbit, which concluded with a reading from the biblical book of Genesis. Uh, Yeah, they read that like bit about, and on the eighth day, there was light, you know, something like that. And this atheist guy even tried to sue the U.S. government for that one. (laughs) But uh, it was thrown out on, like, no grounds or something like that. Now, finally, we get to Apollo 11, topic of the hour. So Apollo 11, they set out with a goal of a July landing in the Sea of Tranquility, which is an area on the moon. Uh, Now, the crew was selected in January of 1969 and consisted of Commander Neil Armstrong, Command Module Pilot Michael Collins, and Lunar Module Pilot Edwin Buzz Aldrin. Buzz, your girlfriend. <laughs> now, on, on July 16, 1969, the Saturn V rocket, uh, also known as the AS-506, launched from Kennedy Space Center in Florida. The trip to the moon took just over three days upon achieving orbit Armstrong and Aldrin transferred into the lunar module named Eagle after a landing gear inspection by Collins, who would remain in the command service module Columbia. They began their descent, and after several computer overload alarms caused by an antenna switch in the wrong position, Armstrong took over manual flight control about 590 feet above the surface and guided the lunar module to a safe landing spot at 3.17 p.m. Central Daylight Time on July 20th, 1969. 
They waited six hours before leaving their craft, and at 9.56 p.m. Central Daylight Time, Armstrong became the first human to set foot on the moon. The first step was witnessed by an estimated 723 million people back on Earth. And this is where we get the ever-so-famous quote. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Now, altogether, they spent just over two hours outside of their craft. Apollo 11 left lunar orbit and returned to Earth, landing safely in the Pacific Ocean on July 24th, 1969. All right, so the uh, these guys basically had a layover for six hours on the moon. Badass in itself, but they had this layover for six hours, got to chill on the moon for two hours, and that's it. That sounds terrible to me. What are you going to do for six hours? I mean, I guess they're, like, inspecting everything, making sure they don't die. Yeah, making sure their craft <laughs> can actually land on the moon. Yeah, I mean, you know, one mistake up there, and you're fucking... You're fucking toast, dude. Yeah, they don't want to end up like Bruce six Willis. Hours. <laughs> yeah, six I'm hours, man. Damon. They're getting suited <laughs> up, dude. Ben Affleck. You're thinking Ben Affleck. Now, also... Wasn't Matt Damon? Yeah, you're thinking of The Martian, Matt Damon. I get what you're saying. I was going Armageddon. But that was Mars, uh, and Armageddon was an asteroid, so neither one of the moons, so they're both irrelevant. Well, <laughs> Bruce Willis died as an astronaut in the movie, and we were talking about astronauts possibly dying. He died for our freedom. You're right. Yeah. He did. He did, because he stopped the asteroid, okay? I'm sorry, Bruce. I'm sorry. Now, Neil himself fucked up the quote. He said that's one small step for man... One giant leap for mankind. He meant to say that's one small step for a man. Uh, now well, they apparently can't even communicate between three buildings. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, that, that was eight years before, okay? They came a long way since then. Now, the moon itself. Or did they? <laughs> yeah, or did they? I mean, we'll get to it, guys. We'll get to it. Just hold yourself there. Now, the moon itself was first reached in September of 1959 by the Soviet Union's Luna 2. Uh, Now, this was an unmanned spacecraft, uh, followed by the first successful soft landing by Luna 9 in 1966. Didn't they put a dog up there, too? Yeah, a dog. And they even sent, I was reading about the Soviets, even did one experiment where they sent a rocket ship filled with tortoises. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty are funny those I the, uh, are those the spectrum russians uh no this is not the annie jacobson theory of uh, <laughs> stalin's brilliant plan to send a bunch of spectrum russians uh you know listen to the roswell for that theory listen to the roswell episode i just figured since they were so slow you know jesus christ come on <laughs> So the Soviets are over here sending animals to space. Hey, well, they got the first man in space as well, and the first woman. A lot of firsts for the Soviets. Technically. <laughs> no technically about it. Say. And they had apparently a soft landing, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, so it's like the Luna 2 just went to orbit. It just got to the moon. The Luna 9 actually landed. Just for a second, they got, just to see how it feels. The rocket was all red. Yeah, they just never got off. <laughs> yeah, it was no. a 
<laughs> it was a soft landing. Now these were unmanned <laughs> spacecraft, though. They, it was just like a rover, you know, like the Mars rover or something like that. Just kind of flopped onto the moon. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now the United States NASA Apollo program achieved the only manned lunar missions to date, with the first manned orbital mission by Apollo Eight. And six manned landings between 1969 and 1972, obviously the first being Apollo 11. Now, these missions returned lunar rocks, which have been used to develop a geological understanding of the moon's origin, internal structure, and the moon's history. Interestingly enough, this is the origin of crack as well. Moon rocks? Yeah, yeah. Is that like a type of crack? Do you are you smoking crack in Raleigh, North Carolina? <laughs> Moon rocks is a type of weed, actually. Okay, we got weed and crack coming from the moon. Now, <laughs> now, okay. So let me know what you guys think about this, because according to some sources, uh, this was the absolute peak of the space race, and of course, most U.S. sources will point to the Apollo 11 lunar landing as the singular crowning achievement which far outweighed any combination of Soviet achievements. Now, what do we think about that? Soviets send up the first satellite, first man in space, like first man in orbit, first woman in space. A lot of firsts for the Soviets. Do we think that just getting on the moon is just shitting all over them? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so you're... <laughs> So we're over we're here. essentially two girls, one cupping the USSR at this time. <laughs> we are licking the shit. <laughs> we're shitting on them. Is the and US... then licking it in their faces? Like, yeah, we did that. We just did that. What's up? So the USA is the cup full of shit. <laughs> the USA is the one shitting. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you we're said the two that, girls. You said yes. We are the two girls. They are the one cup. Nice. But we all they also ate the shit in that video. Yeah, and so do we, thinking that we're, like, the shit for fucking doing one thing when they did, like, ten. Okay. And they also a, a coincidence. Fucking into space. Also a coincidence because that video is fake. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So, Soft serve ice cream. Okay, so you guys are both of the oh. mindset of, like, <laughs> USA, USA. Um, we're saying, you know... Fuck the Soviets. Um, USA gets all the credit. We won the space race. That's well, grounds for winning. I'm just thinking to yeah. myself, from 1969 to 1972, correct? Did I get that timeline right? That six-man landings happened between that time period. And what have we done since? Well, I mean, like a lot of stuff with uh, looking at, you know, we've basically nixed Pluto off the list of planets, yeah, that's uh, a step back, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done since? What have the Russians done since? We penetrated that bitch, and those guys haven't even got foreplay from the moon. They rigged oh, they our did. whole they goddamn election. They had a soft Who cares? Landing. We got to the moon. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We had a hard landing. Okay, okay, we okay, okay. All right, we got your guys' mindset, so well, you, you guys are incapable of looking at this objectively. I think that I am. I'm saying I feel like if we could do all that in this time span of three fucking years, four years, why could we not, like, keep progressing with it? Like, oh, we sent a fucking rover to Mars. Well, we'll cool. get to that. Oh, Tesla, old Elon, sending up... Uh, SpaceX? Yeah, sending up um, Teslas into space, you know? <laughs> 
That's why you didn't go to Antarctica, buddy, because you're going to space next. I told you. Am I? Okay, so, you know, we, we've got all that out of the way. That's the, uh, you know, history as it's written. and But now, Loyal Legion, we are going to free you from the chains of indoctrination, and we are going to open your mind and your eyes. And as, maybe your mind's eye. And maybe your mind's eye, maybe your third eye, as to why all of what we just discussed is a load of horseshit. Did we even go to the moon? So, you know, starting right off, I mean, let's get into some of these conspiracies. So really not too long after the landing, um, these questions start popping up. You know, numerous groups and individuals begin spouting off theories. Um, These date back to about the mid-1970s. Now, I'm wading through this sea of conspiracy theories all week. And in this sea of conspiracy theories out there on the moon landings, the basic claims are that either some or all elements of the Apollo program and these quote-unquote moon landings were staged by NASA and possibly other organizations, you know, CIA, Black Ops, that sort of shit. I mean, hell, they already brought a bunch of Nazis over. Exactly. And I think I think that plays a little bit into it, which is why I wanted to kind of cover that episode first. Now, the most notable claim is that the six crewed landings from 1969 to 72 were faked and that the Apollo astronauts did not actually walk on the moon and NASA and others knowingly misled the public into believing the landings happened in order to gain public support due to, one, the lashback from uh, Vietnam and to gain superiority in the Cold War. So, you know, this is like a win-win. Like, the motive is there. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Right you are. Uh, So, one of the earliest books about the subject was, uh, and this book, I guess, essentially paved the way. Um, This was We Never Went to the Moon, colon, America's $30 billion swindle. Uh, This book was, of course, self-published in 1974 by Bill Casing. As it always is. (coughs) Now, Bill was a former U.S. Navy officer who was hired as senior technical writer in 1956 by Rocketdyne. This was the company that built the F-1 engines that were used on the Saturn V rocket. And old Bill served as head of technical publications unit and the company's propulsion field laboratory until 1963. Wow, he's a whistleblower. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's a picture of the gentleman there. Um, uh, can I just interject for a second? Because oh, I actually just had an interaction with a gentleman last week that's self-publishing a book. People, in my opinion, and no disrespect to uh, the real authors out there, that uh, are scraping by and got to self-publish their books. But some of these fucking guys are, like, batshit crazy that self-publish these books like this. So I just wanted to put that on the table while we're on the topic. Okay, well, you're not doing a lot for Bill's case here. (laughs) Are you one of these government guys that thinks all these conspiracy theorists are crackpot (laughs) idiots? No, but this guy's (laughs) self-publishing a fucking book about some, like... Some person versus the state, like back in the like 
80s and I'm like, dude, who the fuck wants to read that? Yeah, he's probably trying to expose the truth because the government and the system <laughs> is keeping him down and won't let him publish it. I'll bring it in next week. I guarantee you it's nothing like that. Look at Stranger Things, man. 80s government conspiracies. There's a whole TV series about it. Okay. okay now, okay. again, that could be uh, some sort of government ruse to kind of uh, get everybody thinking, oh, this is like something you'd see on a TV show. Who's going to believe right. that? You know? Right. Now, Casing's book. Build model airplanes, he says. Casing's <laughs> book offers up many theories. Um, and as mentioned, this essentially began the moon landing conspiracies. Um, the book claims that the chance of a successfully crewed landing on the moon was calculated to be 0.0017%. And that despite close monitoring by the Soviets, it would have been easier for NASA to fake the moon landings than to really go there. Now, again, that statement right there. I've been watching a lot of, like, documentaries on that, on the moon landings and that sort of thing. Watch a lot of documentaries on Netflix, uh, Amazon. There's some really far out there stuff, uh, some really, we'll call it open-minded stuff. And these are, like, the two statements I he you hear from both sides. Like, one side, the conspiracy guys are always like, it would have been easier for NASA to fake the moon landings than to really go there because it's easier to make a movie then say go to the moon. But then you have the other guys that discount the conspiracy theorists, and they also say it would be easier to go to the moon than to fake it with that many people. Mm -hmm. it, like, do you guys hear that at all? I don't know if I really buy that argument, though. Which one? It would be easier to go to the moon than fake it? Yeah, that, I mean, I think in terms of that... Like, oh, just because the organization's so, so big, big, it's not yeah. fake? I mean, it could have been compartmentalized, like we learned with Area 51, or even fucking Operation Paperclip and fucking Manhattan Project. This is all compartmentalized, mm -hmm. so it doesn't get out. Never, never supposed to. I mean, it only got out because the government put out their reports. Now... So we got some other theories in the book, and I, I've tried to, like, bullet off um, what he goes through. Uh, one, NASA completely lacked the technical expertise to put a man on the moon. Uh, keep in mind, this guy was a rocket engineer. Uh, now, there was also an absence of blast craters beneath the lunar modules, and the rocket engines of the lunar modules should have generated an enormous dust cloud near the landing sites in the final seconds of descent. Um, he also claims high levels of radiation also would have destroyed the film and footage that was collected. Um, there's also the absence of stars in lunar surface photographs. Uh, this was clearly grounds for a hoax. And the uh, big one, the coup de gras, or I guess the smoking gun, seems to be that the flag was moving in the wind. Uh, you know, this is all like this is the one I remember like the most. Uh, even when Hal first introduced me to this topic way back in the day, this is, uh, like, I mean, do you guys remember hearing about the flag one, you know, flag waving? This clearly means that it was faked or no. I thought they put like a stiff flag out there so that it stays straight. Well, yeah, yeah. They have the bar going across the top, but it's like when he puts it in there, you see it kind of like uh, seems to be like blowing in the wind. Yeah, it's called moon. And there would be, be no wind on the moon, right? 
right? Vacuum. That's, I mean, I'm like you. I, you know, growing up, I always believed I was a good American. I bought into it. I said, hell, this is a victory for the U.S. We definitely made it to the moon. But then high school, I'm hanging out with you, skateboarding, listening to some Red Hot Chili Peppers. And we all know space is made in a Hollywood basement. Well, actually, it was more like an Area 51 basement. Come on, Red Hot Chili Peppers. They got it wrong. No way it was made in Hollywood. That's what they want you to think. (laughs) Now, Hidden in plain sight, buddy. Come on. Now, most of these theories, uh, especially in uh, this first book that comes out, have been thoroughly debunked, and uh, NASA does have answers for all of these. I mean, really, uh, as we're going through this stuff, there aren't really... Like, there aren't really any issues with the footage or pictures or anything that's unanswerable. Like, there's the evidence is there. It's just more of, like, whether you want to trust the official narrative or not. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's some weird circumstantial stuff, but, you know, we'll get into that. But, yeah, I mean, the, like, they've got explanations for everything. Like, with the stars, uh, NASA maintains that the sun was shining on the surface of the moon. Um, so they had to set the cameras for daylight exposure... Uh, This completely washes out the stars in the background. There was also, like, uh, speculation on the perfect footprints left on the moon um, because they're saying, like, hey, lack of moisture, lack of strong gravity. This should have made the the footprints, like, indistinct. They wouldn't have been that clear. Um, NASA, again, comes back. They say that lunar dust is a silicate, uh, which has special properties in a vacuum and due to the low erosion on the moon, it allows these particles to stick together. Um, so they equated the dust to, it's like a talcum powder or almost like a wet sand. It's sounding like every ex-girlfriend I've ever had excuses for everything, man. Well, so you're, you're against NASA here. Uh, it just sounds like they're pulling this shit out of nowhere. Wait, you're not buying that stuff. What do you, what do you have issues with specifically? All of it. You said gun to your head. Yes, you believe that. Yeah, went you to said the moon. you believe we went to the moon. Now, are you reversing your decision? No, I believe we. Are did. you throwing the challenge flag out? <laughs> let, <laughs> let him speak. Let him speak. No, I like that. Why? Why do they need to answer it? Let us be like proofs in the pudding, bitches. Here's the footage. It's the last two minutes. Question. You can't throw it. You got to call a timeout here, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, but NASA, you know, they're like for the people. They're they're a public organization, so they want to like they're here for to educate the people. They want to say, look, come on, guys, like uh, this That's is all logically explained. Now uh, they, they even have an answer for the the blast craters um, by the lunar module. They say, um, you know, why didn't they scatter massive amounts of dust when they landed on the moon? Uh, NASA officials maintained that. The module was traveling both horizontal as well as vertical, and they were uh, traveling extremely slowly. Um, now, this combined with the moon's lower yeah, gravity... six hours in case you guys missed that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, they added that uh, the, the moon's lower gravity played a significant role in lack of creating a crater, and that in a vacuum, jet exhaust uh, spreads much wider because there's there's nothing... Uh, there's no resistance there. Uh, this is also the issue with the waving flag. Uh, you know, you can see, like, uh, apparently, like, when they went up there uh, to plant the flag in, like, they're thinking it's like a beach, you know? You fucking plant that bitch in there like Iwo Jima. Really, they get up there and, 
it only goes in like an inch and they're like, well, fuck. So they had to like wedge it between two rocks and you can see in the footage, he like twists it and in a vacuum, again, no resistance for the flag to, uh, like there's no air for the flag to like not wave. So it, it keeps waving, but it only does it for a few seconds after you see him twist it. And then it, it goes back to just zero gravity. Now, huh. do, do we have issues with this? What are we thinking about that? I'm just imagining Baker Mayfield planting a flag on the moon. <laughs> okay. Say that Oklahoma game, buddy. Now, some other issues are the crosshairs on the photos. Um, these are sometimes rotated or in the wrong place. Again, this is a mm-hmm. result of popular, the most popular, the best photos being cropped and or rotated for the best aesthetic. Another big aesthetic. one. Another big one was the quality of the photograph themselves. Uh, this is impos- implausibly high because how did they manual focus this camera with this fucking spacesuit on? You know, you can't feel anything. You're, you're fumbling around, you know. Um, they got Ansel Adams up there on the moon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> think about it. Like, this is like one of those scene girls at like a hardcore show that takes like 2,000 pictures and then posts like 10 good ones. So that's Buzz Aldrin. In yeah, pictures. yeah, NASA did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, NASA did the same thing. I mean, they chose to publish the best examples, obviously, but you can go look at the archives. There's a bunch of poor quality photos taken as well. And they also had a ton of practice focusing the camera here on Earth. I mean, these, these guys practiced for damn near eight years before they did this fucking thing. Look at all the Bigfoot, Sasquatch stuff. Everybody complains about all the granny pictures. So if, if they had posted the granny pictures of the moon, people would be like, oh, that's fake. I mean, they're already claiming it's fake with these high-quality pictures. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that kind of gets to, like, an argument we got later where, like, who you, who you choose to believe. Um, there's also problems, like, another big one is the problems with the angle and the color of the shadows. They say they're inconsistent, um, and this suggests that artificial lights were used. In a Hollywood basement, as the Red Hot Chili Peppers say. Mm. Now, NASA explains this by shadows on the moon are complicated by uh, reflected light, uneven ground, wide-angle lenses, uh, lunar dust. Um, you know, light sources included the sun, uh, sunlight, sunlight reflected from Earth, sunlight reflect, reflected from the moon's surface. <laughs> and sunlight reflected from the astronauts and the lunar module. So you got all this light, and it's scattered by lunar dust in a bunch of different directions. Um, so it, it looks odd. It looks otherworldly because it is, you know. It's on the moon. It's not going to look like it's here on Earth. The shadows aren't going to behave the same way. We tracking? Just like an alligator. Got all those teeth, but no toothbrush. <laughs> Again, what does this quote have to do with what was just said? I just It just sounds like people want to bitch about everything is what I'm saying. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where this... That's, oh, and there's too much light. There's not enough light. There's this. There's that. Yeah, it's that's... like, hey, uh, guess what? Go fuck yourself. I right? mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that's with, what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like with the photos, there's really nothing that can't be explained. Like the photos are the evidence. Like you either choose to believe that or you don't. There's really no like uh, kind of middle ground. Now this one. Is there, please tell me there is somewhere in this archive of photos, a picture of Neil Armstrong flicking off Buzz Aldrin. 
just for shits and giggles. Well, I didn't look through the <laughs> photo archive, um, but I do not believe so. You know, I think a commander. I feel like I would do that just for fun. Yeah, I think you should Photoshop that. I think everyone would do that. Well, not that astronauts. Have been at everyone. These are American heroes, Rob. You're sullying their good <laughs> names. <laughs> So here, here we got the coup de grace. Dad, now, Dad was a commander in the Navy. You're telling me he wouldn't have done that? And he wanted to be an astronaut, but he couldn't. Huh? Now, the coup de grace. Here we go. See if you guys can answer this one. Who filmed Neil take the first step? Oh, see, that's always that's what's throwing the monkey wrench into my belief. <laughs> yeah? An AI. Yeah. Well, this was actually a camera on the lunar module itself. So this was the Apollo TV camera. This was mounted in the... Modularized Equipment Storage Assembly, also known as MESA, uh, on the Apollo Lunar Module uh, to give a view of the exterior. Now, while still on the ladder steps, Armstrong deployed the MESA from the side of the Lunar Module, unpacking the TV camera, which was then powered on and a signal transmitted back to Earth, and thus millions of people on Earth could watch the live feed with only a very slight delay. Well, you just answered all my questions. There we go. Now, are we kind of in agreement with that? I mean, it sounds like you guys are on the same page, whereas, like, it's, again, like we said, it's either you're going to choose to believe the evidence from NASA or you're going to say, you know, I'm going to question everything and not and just say it's all fake. Well, I think in this case, I'm choosing to believe that we did go to the moon. And, I mean, I know there's a lot of conspiracies out there. Do I think that aliens exist? Yes. Do I think that there's possibly a Bigfoot, a Sasquatch out there? Yes, I do. A Bigfoot? A Bigfoot. A big thought? <laughs> a big <laughs> thought. <laughs> I've seen plenty of those. But I think in this case, there's just a lot of hard evidence that suggests that we actually did. Yeah, and I mean, it's like I was on, um, I, so I was perusing Reddit, explain like I'm five, to find some of the nice. scientific stuff, um, you know, explain it a little better. And like one of the guy's arguments was, you know, the Holocaust. We choose to believe that because like, I mean, none of us were there. Uh, but I think we all believe that. I mean, have you poured through the hundreds of photos? Have you talked to eyewitnesses? Have you been to the sites have you done all this like most people that believe in the holocaust probably haven't you just take it on the word from the people that were there hey you know i believe that this thing happened i can see the evidence and i choose to believe in that evidence it's the same thing with nasa like you're either choosing to believe what nasa is presenting or you're gonna say it's all fucking bullshit history is written by the winners baby yeah and also history is written by those that write it <laughs> you can't argue that logic. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, now let's get to some. Uh, so, it seems like we're all in agreement for that. Now, let's get to some of the uh, mysterious, some of the circumstantial stuff that we were talking about earlier. Now, one, this also comes from that very first book. This was The Death of Thomas Barron. Uh, he was a quality control and safety inspector for North American Aviation. Mysterious figure we got here. Old Thomas Barron. Um, he was a safety officer who worked at Kennedy Space Center from September of 65 to November of 66. Uh, now, you think he, they named the pizzas after him? 
<laughs> uh, no, that was after Red Baron, dude. Oh. <laughs> now, Red Baron, hell of a pilot, but he was no match for Snoopy. True story. <laughs> There's a song written about it. Yeah, so so Thomas Baron, not to be confused with the Red Baron, um, he... So he works at NASA um, and doing quality inspections. Uh, he reported to his superiors many acts of work negligence, poor workmanship, and disregard for safety rules. Um, so this guy writes a 55-page report where you know he gives it to NASA say, and saying, "Hey, look, this is what you fucked up on." <laughs> so NASA, you know, Ver- they take verbatim. S- he said that. Yeah, now NASA takes some of this stuff into consideration, but uh, other stuff they say, you know, this is fucking groundless. You're an idiot. Um, He felt like NASA didn't give a fuck about him, so he leaked his criticism directly to the press. This decision led the North American Aviation, um, who were the manufacturers of the Apollo Command Modules, to fire him in January of 67, uh, now, after the Apollo 1 fire, he writes a 500-page report. Uh, Barron delivered this report to the committees of the U.S. Congress that were investigating the disaster on April 21st, 1967. He testified before a subcommittee, and one week after testifying, Barron and his family were killed when their car was struck by a train. Uh, now, his full-length report, that 500-page report we talked about, Never made it to the public and has oh, since man. vanished. Coincidence? So what are we thinking here? What are we thinking uh, right here about this guy's death? I think that you shit on my theory too soon. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, <clears throat> here we go. We're discussing our government bringing in Germans to fuel this space program. And you're telling me they couldn't have brought in the Red Baron and made his delicious pizza? And then killed him not only for making claims about the space stuff, but also for his delicious recipe. Well, now, again, you're bringing the Red Baron into this. Um, they said, hey, guess the what? The government. You're fucking dead, but we will name him pizza after you, so there's that. <laughs> but we can't have another fucking whistleblower. <laughs> and death by train, dude? That's kind of badass. Yeah, now that was my thing. So I'm thinking, you know, also... Okay, this is mostly circumstantial, right? You know, I think this probably is a coincidence. I mean, why why kill the guy after he leaked a 500-page report? You know, he already re- leaked the report to the press. Um, so why why kill him mm-hmm. after the fact? Wouldn't you think if they were it's keeping tabs on him, they were watching him write 500 fucking pages, maybe kill him <laughs> before that gets to the press? <laughs> And also, like you said, by a train, they planned out the the train to be passing at that exact moment to hit him. Now, I I will admit the government has done stranger things, uh, but are are you guys thinking like uh, (laughs) this is probably a part of some larger conspiracy? Yes, the conspiracy to get the pizza recipe. And it's not like they could be like, oh, have the conductor (laughs) of that train be waiting around the corner to blindside me. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a Bugs Bunny, Wiley Coyote cartoon. Furthermore. That's not what the government thinks. Now, furthermore, going off that, um, old Gus, you remember him who died in the Apollo 1 fire, who said, you know, how the fuck are we going to get to the moon when we can't talk between three buildings? Yeah. 
Some claim that due to him speaking out and being so critical of the, of the program, this guy is not going to go along with a hoax. If we fake the moon landing, this guy's going to speak out. They had to take care of him. Mm. So Taking why not? Care of business. Yeah, why not light this poor bastard on fire with his other two comrades and then, <laughs> boom, it makes it look like an accident. Jesus Christ. That, that, that's one of the theories. I'm just offering that up. What do you guys think? They planned that? Possible? I mean, I guess, but... Highly unlikely. I hope not, yeah. But was was that one initially supposed to go to the moon or just supposed to go to space? Probably just... Like, I thought his flight was just supposed to orbit. I mean, yeah, there. probably if it was Apollo 1. Well... The world may never know. But still, you know, if, if he, I mean, he still would have been like a, like, cause all the astronauts on all of the Apollo missions, they were very heavily involved in the training and stuff. So the, what I'm, I guess what the conspiracy there is getting at is this guy would have, maybe he wouldn't have been selected to go to the moon, but he still would have been in the know. Yeah. Okay. So they're saying he, he could have spoken out and boom, they had to light him on fire. Hmm. Well. Probably just as bad as getting smashed by a fucking train. Now, uh, the film Capricorn 1, 1978. You guys familiar with this? Mm, I'm not. Never heard of it. Okay, Josh Brolin, check it out. This, uh, this shows a hoax journey to Mars in a spacecraft that looks identical to the Apollo craft. Now, this added a lot of fuel to the theory's fire, so to speak, um, especially... In the post-Vietnam War era, you know, post-Watergate era, this was really, as we talked about in our Watergate episode, this was the age of government mistrust. Um, you know, Watergate happens in 72, 74. Uh, that's also when Homeboy is writing his grandiose moon book that he self-publishes. Yeah, you know, all the uh, hippies, they're getting uppity. Uh, so it really kind of became the perfect storm for this kind of theory to develop. You know, people were already inclined to mistrust the government. Nothing's changed, right? That's the start of an era right there. I would say yes. I, well, I, yeah, I would say yeah. The, that's the first time. Because think about it. The precursor <laughs> to this was the 50s. You know, white picket fences, uh, everybody <laughs> loves beaver. Uh, I mean, <laughs> leave it to Beaver. Everybody loves Beaver. <laughs> you know, leave it to Beaver. Everybody's fucking in. Is that a combination of everybody loves Raymond and leave it to Beaver? Yeah, everybody's in there. Um, but it's a porno. Everybody's, Jesus Christ. Everybody's in their, uh, you know, their cookie cutter houses. Life's going great. And then you got Watergate. It's a fucking... A big shock to the American public. You got Kennedy getting murked. Um, I would say know? that's the tip of the iceberg. No? Well, that's the same era. He said that this was the beginning of the era. Like from the 60s to the 70s. I thought you were specifically saying the moon landing. No, 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 no. We're saying that's why it developed. The, the conspiracy moon... era, if you will. Yeah, like the that Water stuff game. was okay. the precursor to the moon landing developing into a theory because people already are, are going to not believe the official story, the government narratives. Animal Farm, 1984, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, so there's also, now this one, again, had to do a lot of digging on Explain Like I'm Five, um, the Van Allen radiation belt. You guys familiar with this? 
Okay. Uh, so <laughs> this is like uh, <laughs> this is no. like um, a lot of the conspiracy theories claim that like we lack the technology to get through it, and as we said earlier, like it would have destroyed the photos. Now the Van Allen belts are basically regions around the Earth where charged particles, uh, protons, electrons, are oscillating through the Earth's magnetic field at extremely high speeds. Because I guess this happens like Earth's core is solid iron and it's like surrounded by this magma and and the Van <laughs> Allen belt is basically like an offshoot of this, something with like pressure and the liquid magma and how Earth is spinning. It creates these radiation belts. It's actually very scientific. You know, look that up <laughs> if, if, if you want to really get into it. But um, uh, my second favorite lunar engineer. That's how it creates these uh, these radiation belts. Now, also, the term radiation, this is like an umbrella term for a lot of different stuff because you think of radiation, what do you think of? Russia. Japan. Okay, there we go. Yeah, WW2, we got, yeah. Yeah, we got Chernobyl and Fukushima, uh, you know, and, and you learn, like, so you think about that kind of radiation, and then you learn that the shields used in Apollo were basically like tinfoil, and you're, you're raising eyebrows, you know? There's no way they could have got through that. But... Like when you're going to get an x-ray and they put that little vest on you and you're like, there's no way this shit is protecting my junk. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you'll be fine. And then the doctor's <laughs> hiding behind a fucking concrete wall. And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, what the what? fuck? But um, Fukushima, Chernobyl, like that radiation is primarily gamma and beta radiation. Um, and at a highly concentrated level, while the Van Allen belts are are primarily heavy alpha and other charged particles like we talked about. Um, and this is spread out around the whole entire planet like a goddamn hula hoop. Gamma, that's like the Hulk, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so for the Apollo astronauts, the protons uh, in the belts were mostly blocked by the shuttle's hull, and the electrons can be blocked by materials like polyethylene. Um, this isn't heavy at all. And the Apollo crews also didn't spend much time in the belts. Um, for the total round trip, they spent about six hours in the belts. Um, so that would be like three hours each pass. Uh, uh, Six-hour increments in this fucking trip to the moon. Yeah, now since the belts aren't continuous and they are thickest towards the equator, the further from the equatorial plane that they fly, the less radiation they would actually be hit with. Now, the astronauts were carrying dosimeters on board, which measure radiation, mm -hmm. and they measured it at no more than a chest X-ray. So there you go, T-Bag. There you go. You learn something new every time you listen. Yeah, now also due to this exposure, most of the Apollo astronauts have been diagnosed with early-stage cataracts. <laughs> Or burned alive. <laughs> well, not most of them. That was only three gentlemen. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's no uh, it's no walk in the park getting to the moon. Now, this is my whole thing, okay? And let let me know. <laughs> is that funny? Let me know if you if you guys have ever heard this or agree with this because uh, growing up, I always heard like. Well, the Apollo astronauts got to the moon with no more than a TI-83 calculator. Mm. You, you know, you hear that? Like, the Apollo mission didn't have the computing... You have more computing power in your cell phone. You guys right, have heard that, right? Calculator, yeah. yeah. 
Now, do you think, what the fuck does that mean? How the fuck is that possible? <laughs> you know, I, I got a TI-83+, plus, but I'm not getting to the moon. Well, yeah, I'm always thinking, like, weren't computers, like, big old building size, like, components? Is that the right word? We yeah. We talked about this before the Tron episode, I feel like. They're just so huge, and, like, I know a rocket is big, but, like, are you putting a whole computer on there, or are you condensing it down to that calculator? Yeah, now, basically, so, again... Another thing I spent a lot of time uh, doing research on, because, you know, I wanted to explain this to myself. I, I was The whole thing was confusing me, if I'm being honest. Well, and, it's more like flight technology than f- computing stuff, correct? Exactly. Mm-hmm. See, we got a fucking rocket engineer sitting right here on the podcast. He's yeah, a he's lawyer. A- he's a rocket engineer, lady. <laughs> <laughs> what doesn't this guy do? Uh, now... <laughs> The capabilities of the computers on Apollo 11 were very limited. So um, now, how many, uh, how much RAM you think they had on there? RAMs, baby. <laughs> they had only less than uh, what a normal computer probably comes with nowadays. Uh, much less. They had <laughs> four kilobytes of RAM. That's only like two thousand words worth of memory. You know? can't even write an essay on that. <laughs> exactly. Now, the software... Well, these astronauts aren't up there writing a fucking Microsoft Word doc, boys. They're out there exploring space. Uh, yeah, not a regular it, Edgar Allan Poe's. It yeah. just speaks to computing power. I'm not saying that they're up there writing essays. But isn't that insane? Four kilobytes of RAM to get to the fucking moon? <laughs> well, they did it. Well, the software was written to be as efficient as possible at a small number of tasks, which were mostly computing orbits. Um, so calculating an orbit isn't uh, very harder. It's actually much easier than, say, swiping on Tinder. And I think you'll find that the shield generators are quite operational. <laughs> <laughs> so since they only had to make relatively simple ballistic calculations, as Rob said, there is, there's not much computing power or memory required to be able to do this. Uh, most of the hard math, uh, that type of processing um, that's necessary to go to the moon is done before the rocket ever gets to the launch pad. You know, Thus, there's no need for powerful computers. You can even get mm. the calculations done by hand. It just well, takes a little bit longer. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But isn't it more like, I mean, just to dumb it down for the people like me that might be listening to this, isn't it more like kind of a Ricky Bobby mindset at this point? Like you just want to fucking go as fast as possible to bust through that atmosphere, and then once you're fucking in orbit, you're just kind of like flying it like a plane, basically. They're just kind of cruising, but it's like, you know, they still have to calculate for, like, the exact amount of fuel, weight, um, you know, using the orbit like a slingshot, like in Apollo 13 with um, Tom Hanks. You familiar? Oh, I'm familiar. Yeah. So, you know, these astronauts had to be brilliant at math. This is why Hal said he never became an astronaut. Same here. Wasn't wasn't good enough at math, yeah. (laughs) Now... Got mad at me for never doing math homework, though. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh... Now, the actual man, like, yeah, it's as we said, the actual managing of the ship is fairly easy for a computing perspective. So that pretty much takes care of that one. Now, in 1980, our friends, um, you know, big fans of these guys, the Flat Earth Society, accused NASA of faking the landings, arguing that they were staged by Hollywood with Walt Disney sponsorship. 
based on a script by Arthur C. Clarke and directed by none other than Stanley Kubrick. Why aren't you directing 2010? Yeah, 2001. (laughs) uh, Same director. So, and I guess these claims also discuss like Von Braun working closely with Disney. Maybe that's um, because obviously he was on that Disney show. So maybe that plays a little bit into this. Um, And I mean, think about it. If this is true, Von Braun, this guy knew propaganda better than anyone. I mean, he was a fucking Nazi for Christ's sake. Those guys (laughs) are at the top of the game when it comes to propaganda. So Von Braun knew, one, you know, you had to make this thing entertaining, this space race, and then boom, you've got public support. You know, you got the the American public backing you. You've got the funding. You're making money. Everything's good. Um, now, this theory also picked up some traction when the French mockumentary Dark Side of the Moon came out in 2002. Now, I was, was watching this. Transformers this, movie? Uh, no, that is not the Transformers movie. That is, as we mentioned, a mockumentary. But, uh, I mean, I was watching this thing before this episode, and clearly it's a joke, but I guess some people took it as fact. I thought it was a Pink Floyd documentary. Uh, no, 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 no. That is a whole nother thing. This is um, Final Tap. Yeah, now we will, uh, you're thinking Dark Side of the Rainbow, maybe. Well, Pink Floyd, Wizard of Oz action. But anyways, this documentary is basically based off of like these early Kubrick claims. Um, it also didn't help that when 2001 A Space Odyssey was being made in 1968, only a year before we landed on the moon, Kubrick hired and worked with former NASA officials Harry Lang and Frederick Ordway to work on the film with him. So he's already in cahoots with these guys. Maybe he just wants to make an accurate film. <clears throat> and then help the U.S. make it. He wants to make an accurate film to desensitize America, get him behind the whole space race, and then he's making another film to fucking pull the wool over their eyes, trick them into winning the space race and proving the U.S.'s superiority to the Soviets. Oh, you're really behind this one. Now, there's also, like, those Illuminati claims. Like, didn't... Weren't you the one bringing up, like, Kubrick's involvement in the Illuminati? Alleged involvement. Hey, again, if this is some giant cabal Illuminati plan... Um, cabal? Yeah, maybe there's some some more mystery to that guy. I mean, Kubrick, it's fucking crazy. We, we got to do a Kubrick episode, right? Mm. Bet your sweet ass we do. Now, this brings us to the next gentleman I wanted to discuss. Uh, he's another big player in the conspiracies. This is... Uh, Bart Sabrell, um, <laughs> this guy. I mean, did you guys watch any of the Netflix stuff? Any any documentaries on on moon hoaxes? Anything like that? No, oh, but I'm about to watch the one on this guy. Yeah, you got okay. my curiosity peaked. Okay, well, well, you know, watch him. We'll see what you guys think for episode two. But this guy, I mean, he's real deep into this stuff. He's on one of the Netflix shows I watched. Um, he's he's crying about the government lying. <clears throat> Uh, you know, and he claims that he found in the NASA archives during his research a mislabeled reel from the Apollo 11 mission. And on this reel, you can hear the original broadcast. It's got the four second radio delay. Uh, but just before Neil Neil comes on um, to talk to mission control, you hear a third party say talk. Now, he claims this is some somebody involved with the cover up. 
um, some, you know, black ops type dude, um, timing the delay and telling Neil when he should talk. Now, I'm thinking, like, why couldn't they just tell Neil, oh, hey, uh, yeah, we're faking this whole thing, so be sure to wait four seconds every time you talk to us. Like, why? They don't need a third party to time four seconds. Uh, Hey, Neil, this is uh, Houston over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go go ahead and talk now. (laughs) I counted four Mississippi, so go ahead and talk. Uh, Neil Armstrong's a fucking astronaut. He can't count to four? (laughs) And maybe he's just an actor, not an astronaut. You ever think of that? Maybe they didn't have enough computing power on that spaceship. They left out the part where he said, line? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can I get a line read? We'll, we'll do it live. He's like Bill O'Reilly. Um, so, so this was one of this guy's big claims. Um, I believe it was also him. And now he also did have like a. So he claims this also plays into who you're gonna believe. Um, he claims between liftoff and splashdown, you only have one source of verification, and that is NASA. So. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, that comes down to who you choose to believe. It's not really something that you can point to as definitive proof that the whole entire thing was faked. Well, didn't, like, millions of people watch it launch into orbit? Or am I mistaken by that? Well, they watched it launch, but you can only see it go up so high. So, like, a lot of these... <laughs> just fucking explodes after Well, that. no, no. A lot of these theories think that it, it went up into orbit... Then they fake the broadcast three days later, and then it, it comes down. So it's not like we went, we didn't have to go through the Van Allen radiation belt. We didn't have to like get all the way to the moon. Just had to go up into orbit. Okay. Uh, but, you know. Public's too stupid to know what's really going on. Yeah. And this guy is probably most famous for being punched in the face by Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> show me this video i like i've seen this video before this episode oh dude just go i mean this one's famous like you this will be our just google it i'll also put a link in the description this guy's like so he goes around like i said this guy's crying about the government lying he goes around like asking all the apollo astronauts to swear on the bible that they went to the moon none of them do it of course they all get fucking pissed he goes up to buzz aldrin and calls him a coward and a liar and buzz just punches him square in the face (laughs) now what now what do we think about that if you were an astronaut and people were claiming you didn't go to the moon would you um punch a guy in the face or would you just like put your hand on the Bible and say, yeah, I went to the moon. Like, I think, is it like a question of, are they like feeding into the conspiracy if they do that? I mean, it seems a lot easier to put your hand on a Bible than to punch Punch someone in the the face. face. (laughs) That guy had it coming. Like watch that video if you haven't. Yeah. I mean, he did have it coming. He's calling this American hero a liar and a uh, con man and a, a, you know, and then he just gets punched square in the face. Um, so any, any more on this guy, uh, any more thoughts on that or, or punching these guys in the face? I think I would have rather taken the Bible and hit him in the face with the Bible. Okay. So you'd be Hi-oh. mad. You'd be like buzz. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now this is another theory like with, constant moon landing uh deniers i guess we'll call them uh flat earthers (laughs) yeah this is like uh i mean not necessarily flat earthers but i guess they fall into this too um so this is the story of the missing tapes 
So the Apollo 11 landing, the original landing was recorded onto data tapes as a backup in case the live broadcast failed for any reason. Um, now, I guess this was in the 90s. A bunch of still photographs come out uh, that showed the raw SSTV transmission on on ground station monitors. And these photographs were like way better than any of the other ones they had. Now, a team of NAS of retired NASA employees and contractors tried to find the original tapes in early 2000s in order to sort of like repurpose this stuff, you know, like um, this would be the most pristine, most detailed video images of the moonwalk. What are they doing at NASA that they can't keep a fucking record of their shit? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So oh, it's like... Call up this guy from 30 years ago. Let's bring him in and see if they can find the fucking tapes. They should just be in a fucking file that says, oh, hey, moon landing. Exactly. That's what, <laughs> that's what the theory's getting at here. Now, it's like... Um, oh, shit, where'd those tapes go? Because, you know, like... One of our the, biggest accomplishments ever. Did you see that, like, uh, that new movie with all the restored World War One footage? The guy from Lord of the Rings did it. Tolkien? One that just came out? Yeah, it like just came out. It's like he colorized and restored all this World War One footage, and it's like super HD. Um, That's pretty badass. Yeah, so it's like that. Like they were trying to kind of do that same sort of thing. When did that um, come out? It came out like just this past year. Peter Jackson, isn't that the guy that did the Lord of the Rings stuff? I think it was him that, that did uh. it. Now, so they can't find these tapes anywhere. They're looking for the tapes, looking for the tapes. They can't find them. So – they can't find these tapes at all. Now, the researchers who tried to locate the tapes, they concluded that the tapes containing the raw, unprocessed Apollo 11 SSTV signal were erased and reused by NASA in the early 1980s following standard procedure at the time. <laughs> <laughs> this one's the moon landing. You sure you want to tape over this boss? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, fuck it. Who's the guy? That, this is the original moon landing. The the same people that said this was the crowning achievement of why we fucking spanked the Russians' ass. Oh yeah, let's just tape over that one, Bob. Brand new episode of Alf coming on. We gotta get this. <laughs> and it was like they. Because I was reading on this, like, okay, what the fuck did they tape over it for? And it was just like a satellite feed. Yikes. Of just nothing. <laughs> Maybe like, they did actually lose it, and they, that was like their excuse. Hey. Well, this is what, again, this adds fuel to the conspiracy theory fire. There is no tapes. There never was any tapes because we never went to the moon. Shit. I mean, what are we thinking there? I'm just trying to figure out how. I'm thinking someone got fired. Or not, because it was standard protocol. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someone took it with them as a fucking memento when they left. Oh, so they just, like, have it? Because isn't this... There's just some old guy watching it on, on, like, repeat. It's like, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, isn't there a similar thing with, like, the Zapruder film? Somebody stole it for a souvenir. (laughs) Maybe they were pissed (laughs) off at NASA at the time. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. Some guy got canned, and he was like, well, I'm taking this fucking with me. <laughs> Put it in his fucking briefcase and fucking walked out. So, yeah, that that to me was just like, that was one of the biggest ones that stuck out. It's like, come on, you can't, like, the NASA moon landing tape, let's tape over that? <laughs> I'm telling you, that is bullshit. They just don't know. They just didn't have a good cover-up for that. They just lost it and said, ah, we taped over it. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, well, we're idiots, but we can't tell them that. So let's just make up a stupid excuse. Okay. So are we still, like, like, what are we thinking? Are we still under the assumption that we went to the moon? All these theories, like, none of them hold any, any water so far? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. I'm still buying in. Okay. Now, another school of thought. Uh, this is again like a schism in the in the theories out there. Um, this is like why they could have been faked. Is like you know we, maybe we did go to the moon, but some of the footage was faked. There's a lot of people out there that fall into this camp. Um, reason one being the Van Allen radiation belt we discussed. This would have destroyed any footage traveling through it any any raw film any undeveloped pictures would have been destroyed i mean you can't put polaroids through a fucking uh the the thing at the um airport, airport security yeah yep. yeah it'll it'll destroy them so how are they going to get through this van allen radiation belt with all this raw footage you know it's going to be destroyed um so they they get back and they say oh fuck the film got destroyed so they have to reshoot this thing in a hollywood basement yeah, now NASA you don't says, think they got some kind of like safe box or something? Yeah, yeah. NASA says the film was actually mm. kept in metal containers that stopped radiation from fogging. Mm. Interesting. The film. Just saying, maybe people should look into this shit before they start spouting off the theories. But, you know, they can't find the film, so I think that's why these theories kind of developed. Now, there's also this guy, William Bryan. Uh, he wrote the book Moongate, Suppressed Findings of the U.S. Space Program. Now, he claims that NASA either destroy, they, they destroyed the film to suppress the knowledge of the moon's true environment. Uh, you know, maybe it's possible that now the moon... that's an inter- interesting theory. Yes. Now, this is an interesting theory. It's like maybe... Who knows what the fuck they went up and found? Like, it's maybe like that movie Apollo 18 where the aliens are eating the astronauts or whatever. It's like, maybe the moon possesses an atmosphere. Uh, maybe they're doing something up there. Maybe there's some something already up there. Maybe it is cheese, and they just don't want you to know. Yeah, and then, boom, the, they just released this fake footage um, to kind of tame the public's response. Um, now, he also claims that astronauts used a secret zero-gravity device that they got from a crashed E.T. craft. Uh, and th- so, you know, they had to fake the footage because obviously, like we talked about with our Roswell episode, if, the, if this got out that aliens were real, people would lose their fucking shit. Dude, can you imagine, though, <laughs> if you actually landed on the moon and you, like, got out and there's a fucking alien Marvin the Martian already there? <laughs> <laughs> You're just like... <laughs> It's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, just cartoons running around. <laughs> you remember that Tom and Jerry where he goes to the moon? Yeah. And it's like giant scissors and like <laughs> lips and like a pin chasing him? Yeah. What the fuck was up with that? Someone was fucking high <laughs> as fuck when they were drawing that. Or that's really what's going on up there. Maybe. Now, along these same lines, um, this guy, Philip LaRue... Uh, he wrote Lights on the Moon, and he offers that NASA, again, the same vein, NASA uncovered some scientific data which must be suppressed to this day, and they opted to show the less controversial footage to the public. They ran the option, showed them the tamed footage, showed us the tamed footage, fooled everybody, and still came out on top in the space race. Now, others even claim that we have been banned from the moon by some type of intergalactic federation or alien presence there. 
But that is for next week's episode. Mm. As mentioned, we will get we will get into more of that on next week's episode. That's where we get the whole kind of uh, hollow moon, um, who parked the moon theory, um, shit like that. The real the real crazy stuff, the juicy stuff, the truth, as some say. Now, uh, one of the last ones I just wanted to mention real quick was also um, if you watch the press conference. This is a big one. The press conference when. The three Apollo 11 astronauts get back. Um, their attitudes, their body language, they seem like depressed. They seem um, sad, like not – they don't seem like three guys who are j- totally jacked on winning the space race and getting us to the moon. Like they got the bigger the dick. Now, some claim they possibly saw you know, a UFO up there. They possibly saw some crazy shit up there. And the government briefs them on, hey, this is what you need to say. Or, you know, what did they see? Who the fuck knows? Um, Say, hey, you remember Gus? You want to fucking end up like him, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Want to be in the fucking (laughs) oven over there? Or you want to say what the fuck I'm writing down for you, huh? Yeah, it's freaking James Gandolfini is the the director of NASA. (laughs) Tell him to fucking stay quiet. Um, now, now what are we thinking here? Like if you, if you watch the footage, you watch the press conference stuff, they do seem genuinely depressed. Like they don't know how to answer stuff. Buzz is, or not buzz, but, um, Neil is like stumbling over his words. He doesn't know what to say. Um, any thoughts there? That's acting, baby. (laughs) So you think bad actors, you (laughs) think they know of the host, bad actors possibly. I'm just kidding. I don't know, man. I got to wa- fucking watch those flicks, see what's up. Well, apparently, this was just like right after they got back. Now, I'm thinking to the moon and back, that's one hell of a jet lag. Are you going jet lag? Yeah, I'm going jet lag. I'm thinking these guys are exhausted. They just fucking walked on the moon. They, they landed in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, and then NASA's dragging them to this press conference. These are fucking um, like... These are uh, NASA test pilots. These are not like uh, these are not press conference type guys. These are not. This is not Floyd Mayweather out here doing press conferences for entertainment. <laughs> like it's more s- like Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, these guys are just like, God damn it, we got to talk to all these reporters. Like, and a lot of them were humble guys. Like Neil flew pretty under the radar after all this. So I'm thinking maybe that, or maybe like. You ever just like watch? Uh, you ever go down the like YouTube rabbit hole and watching like um, like Carl Sagan speeches or like uh, shit that just makes you feel like little insignificant, like you know your problems don't matter, that sort of thing, and you just like kind of get depressed. Do you ever feel like that? That's my whole thought, man. Like these guys just made it to the fucking moon. Like, what can you do in life after that? That's going to top that accomplishment. Like, if I had sex with Kate Upton, every other girl after that is just going to seem meaningless, insignificant. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was going. It's like, these guys walked on the moon. Like, the the feeling of doing that or the actual act of making that journey and doing that, it's got to be, like, indescribable. And then to come, you have to the face of God, yeah. <laughs> and then you got to come back down to Earth, down to reality, literally, and you're probably thinking, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like... Um, this place sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I was just on the moon. Now I'm fucking talking to these jag-off reporters. Oh, yeah, like after a football game, dude, they ask all the dumb questions. Oh, you just lost the game. How do you feel? 
it fucking sucks. Like, how else are you yeah. supposed to answer that? Yeah. Uh, Why but, did you lose? You didn't play well. <laughs> but these guys won, so, you know, it's not like that. It's like, it's more like, True. you know, they should be jacked up. They should be like, yeah, we fucking won. Fuck the Russians. <laughs> We just went through a radiation belt and crashed into the ocean. <laughs> oh, and also that. Maybe going through the radiation belt, that's causing a little fucking radiation depression or something. I don't know. Radiation poisoning? Yeah. That's... Yeah. I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. I'm just presenting the evidence. It was soap poisoning. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's like I'm thinking they, they probably could have got poisoned from the Van Halen radiation Van Halen. <laughs> Don't cut that out. I meant Van Halen. Yeah, the Van Halen radiation belt. They go through and it's just playing fucking Van Halen for three hours. <laughs> you probably wouldn't feel too great after that either. Panama. <laughs> like a, isn't that Panama? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, we're in the fucking Van Halen radiation belt. <laughs> uh, maybe these guys are depressed from that. Um, but, you know, all in all, the denouement, um, I'm thinking the evidence is clearly in NASA's favor. Would you say? I mean, even if the evidence isn't there, this is one of those things, like, I want to believe. Like, yeah, we did it. USA rules. You're a good American. Yeah. You are a real American. Oh, yeah. That's where I'm at. Okay, so... But, I mean, you're thinking the evidence is there not just because you're biased to the USA. Like, you really, truly believe the evidence and what NASA has to say. Like, it wouldn't matter to me if it was the Russians that made it there first. Like, I just want to believe that man has been on the moon. And like young Hal, like, I could have had a chance to go there if I had done better in math and science in school. Okay, that's fair. Now, I heard that. Now, what are you thinking, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's there's still some holes in the theory, but at the end of the day, it's like... They pretty much got all their bases covered. I mean, it's still incredibly stupid to me that they don't have the tapes or the footage or anything. But then also at the same time, it's like already been released to the public. So okay, it also doesn't surprise me that they would destroy evidence afterwards just to like keep us in the dark. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. Now, one of the biggest, um, I guess... Uh, like some of the biggest evidence that we did go to the moon would be the 842 pounds of moon rocks that were brought back to earth. Um, there is no doubt that the rocks in question did not originate on earth. Um, they show evidence of having been subject to impact events in an air free environment. And one of these rocks was found to be about 700 million years older than any rock found on earth. Now, again, like, yeah, this, this is like, hey, we went to the moon, but some claim you could have just sent a rover to get these rocks. Man has never gone and walked on the moon. Um, but again, that's just somebody who doesn't want to admit that the evidence is there. You know, like, you, no matter what you show them, they're going to they're gonna mm. call bullshit on it. Right? Am I right? 
Some people, you're right, you're right. Now, now, others argue that some of the strongest evidence that we went to the moon lies in the fact that the Soviets have also claimed that we went to the moon. Uh, because, you know, after we go to the moon, they kind of reorganize their whole program into, uh, we, we focus more on space station. Who cares about the moon? <laughs> you know, they said they were more concerned. Like with, a bunch of sore losers. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know that. I mean, there's still, there's still, this is like a noble race. You know, this is not like the nuclear arms race where, oh, we were the first ones to build a nuclear bomb and then we used it on Japan. It was a horrible fucking thing and, and nobody's used it since. Like the space race, this is like like you said. It doesn't matter who got there first. This is a giant accomplishment for mankind. Like it's mm. cool that we went to the moon. But the Soviets, yeah, they kind of refocus on to like focusing on getting the space station built, sending people up, um, that sort of thing. Um, so it's like, you know, if the Soviets didn't say like, hey, you know, we're in, we're in this dick measuring contest and the U.S. pulls out a two-foot dildo. <laughs> like, obviously, they would be like, no, that's fake. But they didn't do that. Um, so the chances are it probably happened, you know, unless they are also controlled by the reptilians or the Illuminati. And this was all some kind of power play for the minds of mankind to be distracted, thus feeding into the reptilian agenda. Jesus. But that, again, is a theory for next week. Um, so final thoughts. I mean, what are, I mean, I think we kind of all have, have uh, beat the dead horse here. We're all, we're all in consensus, yes? Yes. I mean, I think I've been pretty clear with where I stand on this one, boys. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, I would say that it is likely that we did, in fact, go to the moon, as most of this stuff can be disproven. Now, now, Rob, you were talking earlier, like, why haven't we done this since? Like, what haven't we done? I mean, you can actually go look. There's a list of um, upcoming moon missions. I don't give a fuck about the moon. Well, that's kind of that's kind of where we it, need to go beyond the moon, is what I was saying. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, uh, we hey. already fucking did that from sixty nine to seventy two on to bigger and better things. Okay, now what's I, on Mars? What's beyond Mars? Hey, you know, hey, Chappelle, a different baby. galaxy, baby. I'm saying, check it out, dude. Twenty twenty four. They got a bunch of, of manned missions planned to the moon. Uh, some of which are NASA. Some are SpaceX. Some are even Russia. But. NASA, in 2024, is planning a mission with the Artemis III to deliver the first woman and next man on the moon. So there you go. There's a, f- a woman first for U.S. of A. We're going to bone on the moon? First woman on the moon, dude. It's going to be probably nice. Caitlyn Jenner. Stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, it's probably going to be... Uh, who knows? Uh, do you know any lady astronauts? No, I don't, unfortunately. <clears throat> but yeah, there you have it. Uh, by 2024, we will land a woman on the moon. <laughs> Vanessa, get your application in. Now, real quick, uh, we got a TLDL from you. Just uh, just a brief one, you know, the idiot report on the uh, moon landing <laughs> conspiracies. What do we got? Some people say we've been to the moon. Some people say we haven't. And this you is why like you fail. This is why you fail at at school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the only reason. We need a better summary than that. Come on. Some people say that we've been to the moon, but other people dispute that. 
They try to punch holes in everything NASA and the government has presented to us, and rightfully so, that's their right as American citizens and citizens of this flat earth to do that. But we here at the podcast from outer space are in agreement that mankind has been to the moon. But, you know, the government has done crazier things than uh, fake a moon landing, right? They've definitely done stranger things. And there you have it. I mean, that's that's what we got on the moon landings. Now, as discussed next week, we are going to get to some of the uh, the better theories, the absolute truth. Uh, this is what you guys have been waiting for. We got a lot of jelly in these donuts. Uh, so let us know if there's any specific theory that you want us to research. And, um, you know, if we missed anything in here, let us know. Let us know your thoughts if you think we went there, if you think it's a, a big ruse. Um, and on that, thanks as always for listening, guys. Uh, you know the drill. Feel free to hit us up, podcast from outer space on the Instagram, podcastfromouterspace.com. Check it out. Grab yourself some stickers, maybe a t shirt while you're there. Uh, show us some support. Hit that five star review for us on uh, the podcast app or follow us on Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Just know that we appreciate you guys. Thanks for interacting with us. So long and thanks for all the fish. We went to the moon in 1969, not 1970, a year before. Uh-huh. The rocket that flew had a really neat design when it took off.